The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I'm a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to the Week 4 EU LCS Rough Drafts Guest the Lines podcast presented by Slingshot Esports. Uh, it's a very exciting time to be a League of Legends fan, though maybe not if you're a European League of Legends fan. Last week was rough. Last week was... Not great for our gambling lines, which we're going to have to get to in a bonus episode like we did last week because Unicorn has been going through some reshuffles that have delayed things again. But we're going to break down all of this week's games and really get at the heart of what Europe is right now. And of course, when I say we, I'm referring to my co-host and good friend, Walter Siedis Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? I am doing great. I am doing much better than uh, Europe's chances at Worlds as of today. But that being said, I had a great weekend. I had a great week. I am closing in on moving day where I'll get to move and I'll have, I'm going to have this like beautiful office. I'm going to have an entire converted attic to be my office. I'm going to finally get my drum set out of my parents' house. Like it's going to be great. I'm going to have all this space. I'm going to have better internet. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Unlike the unicorns of love, your move might end well. So that's a, that's a good thing to have. Let's, talk about the opening game this week shulk 04 versus g2 esports walter i was kind of impressed by shulk 04 actually this week i felt like they played fanatic pretty closely it seemed like that series was one where they at least had leads or big moments that could have turned the game around in both of those matchups and they pretty much destroyed my Rocket team, which we're going to get to in a bit. How are you left feeling about Shulk after this week's action? So last split, Elements slash Shulk was the team that kind of were the gatekeepers into the playoffs. They were the seventh place team. And if you couldn't beat Elements, you didn't deserve to get in the playoffs. If you could beat Elements, you deserve to make it in the playoffs. And I feel like now they are the barrier to the upper echelon of the European standings. Right now, they're the gatekeepers at like fourth place. And they're tied with a couple of teams there for that that fourth, you know, fourth place slot. Um, between them, Splice, and then Giants is in sixth place, and they've had two losses as opposed to the two ties. So that feels interesting to me. They're kind of, you know, sitting right there, and it makes a lot of sense because, like I said last week, a lot of their players are just very consistent, very steady, don't take a lot of risks, don't take a lot of chances, and you have that, you know, that sort of caustic element in Gilius where he can take over, like, he can make a game 
just explode. He can play very well, and and all of a sudden, Shulk is going crazy. They're getting all these kills all over the all, all over the place. They have a lot of map presence, and when he's off his game, he's really off his game. And against Fnatic, uh, they they showed some promise. But at the end of the day, it was Spirit's ability to sort of abuse Gilius that lost them the game, and sort of their inability to set up uh, successful split pushes, um, especially in the second game against Gamsu's Nar, which was really unfortunate. But I was wrong last week where I said they didn't really have any sort of star that could take over the game, and that's Fox. And Fox, to me, played extremely well in all four games this this past weekend. Really controlling the map, really showing that he's an excellent Azir and Victor player, and those are really kind of the two carry uh, control mages that are really being played right now. He was really successful with them last split with Unicorns of Love. And at the end of the day, they're just they're a solid team. I don't think they're really going to contest any of the top three teams. I think maybe they'll take a game off of you know, one of them at some point during the split, but I think when we get towards the playoffs, they're not really a threat in a full best of five series because I don't think they're very adaptable. Yeah, and that adaptability comes down to just the way that roster is built. You look at Fox right now, he is doing 35.8% of his team's damage. That's insanely high for mid laners. Usually you see 80 carries as the primary damage dealers for your team, or at the very least relatively close the gap between those two mr rollins is only doing 27.5 percent and if you look just at pure kda numbers you wouldn't notice this because mr rollins and spraddle don't die they've only died a combined 28 times which is three fewer than fox or gilius individually the bot lane does a very good job of staying back and making sure that they don't take those risks but in doing so, they give up a lot. They're always behind in lane. Mr. Rollins is behind by 7.3 CS at 10 minutes on average right now. That doesn't help you. His damage per minute numbers are very low compared to most AD carries in the league right now. And so what you have is a team that relies on Gilius to make plays and be on point. Make these big individual efforts to set up the rest of his teammates and then have Fox come in and just lay down a ton of kills and a ton of damage, which he's been able to do on the Azir and the Varus, and, and Victor to a lesser extent as well. He finally had a good Victor game this week, even though he hasn't necessarily been as successful on the champion as he has been in previous years. But they have to figure out a way to get that bot lane going and allow this team to, to not be stuck with only one way to win, because Steve's not that guy and he's never going to be, so it has to be the bot lane. And I don't know how they get that going if they just need to send more resources with Gilius there, but certainly against G2, a team that has a very clear identity and does not uh, necessarily give Fox an advantageous bot lane, it's going to be a rough go of it. Walter, how do you see this series ending up? Like I said a little earlier, I think Schalk does stand a chance to take a game off of one of these top three teams at some point during the season. I don't think it's going to be on Thursday. I think G2 is really, really aggressive, and as Schalk are still trying to figure out the correct balance of safe and risk-taking, um, especially with their bot lane, it's it's hard to imagine a world where Rollins and Spraddle are going to be able to go after 
Mithy and Sven and really, you know, get a bunch of kills in lane or, or dominate that lane in any way, shape, or form. Fox has been playing really, really well, but if you take him off the Azir and Victor, what does he have left? And Trick versus Gilius is almost the same thing as Spirit versus Gilius. It's Trick is going to be licking his lips, just waiting to get this kid, you know, caught out somewhere on the map. Um, the one place I do think Shulk may have an advantage, though, is in that top lane. Steve is very consistent, is very strong, knows how to control his lane, something that he's learned in his, you know, over year that he's been in the LCS since he came on with Rockat. And I think that the matchup into Expect is very good for him. They need to just get him onto a playmaking top laner, maybe try to keep Expect away from the Aurelia, and just allow him to exert his influence in the top lane and try and get one of these split push games going. Yeah, that would be the play. I just, it's hard for me to imagine G2 not having the game sense to react to it. I agree that expect is the most exploitable part of this whole system. I honestly didn't expect very much from him last week. And he performed about to my level of expectations, one could say. But at the same time, there are just so many other things that have to go right. And whether it's Trick just beating up on Gilius, whether it's Perks playing all of these kinds of assassins that he's been able to use on, on a guy like Fox who doesn't necessarily play well against those kinds of champions. I have a feeling this is going to go G2's way as well. We're going to move on. Vitality versus Giants. Walter, we're a week removed from causing saying he has a lot more fun playing with Raya than he does with Police. And they started Police last week anyway. What's going on with Vitality? What is this team right now, and how do they fix it? That's the thing. I'm, I'm just not quite sure what happened, because right now the meta is shifting to a point where Kalbushard should be able to do what he does best, which is being this split-push monster that he always was pre-Vitality days and even early on in, in weeks one, two, and three of the spring split. And they're just they're just not accomplishing it. The bot lane just isn't consistent. It's not being steady. The one thing that I hate, I, I didn't like Harnan as a player. I didn't think he was an exceptional AD carry. He was a middle-of-the-pack AD carry, but he was safe. He was good in lane. He just did his job. And the problem is the AD carries that they've put in to replace him in police and, and Raya, they just aren't doing their jobs. They aren't being successful. They aren't you know, going even in lane. They aren't cleaning up team fights. They aren't doing this, that, and the other thing. And you can tell that Costing is really struggling to make it work, struggling in the laning phase, struggling to deal with the positioning mistakes that both of them have shown during team fights. He's not able to go in with Cabochard and with Nuke Duck and get these team fights going and disrupt them like he was in the spring. And that, I think, has to do with the fact that they have these new players on the team and this rookie jungler that for all that we say badly about Shook and the fact that he was either going to be the best player in the game or the worst player in the game, somehow with Vitality he was able to make it work and he was able to set up his lanes to succeed while you know leaving so many resources on the table as a jungler, not being a very farm-centric jungler, being a very heavy gank jungler and getting his lanes ahead. And Mighty Bear isn't doing that. Mighty Bear is more of a farmer kind of carrier, more carry style jungler. And you just aren't having the same success that they did last split because of that, because these pieces just don't quite fit. And it's unfortunate because this meta is so perfect for Cabochard that he should be able to just take over a game by himself. 
but they aren't really choosing champions for him to do so, and they aren't setting him up for that type of success. They aren't funneling a lot of resources towards him. They aren't funneling a lot of these Mighty Bear ganks. And it's sad. Like, it's sad to see how quickly this team fell from, like, week eight of the spring split until now. I mean, I'm going to argue with you a little bit there on champions that they put him on. His champions this week, he got two games on Aurelia, and he got a game on Fizz against H2K. The Jarvan game was really the only one where you could say they didn't put him on a carry. And those two Aurelia games, his stats were great. He did have a huge amount of playmaking potential. The problem is he's the only one on that team that does. I, I liked the way Cabochard played this week. I feel like Mighty Bear could spend some more time up there. But honestly, Cabochard's relatively self-sustainable in his own right. If you look, he's got a, a nice 3.6 CS differential at 10 minutes without getting any ganks whatsoever. The guy knows how to make plays. And it just doesn't matter because there's no one else on this team that can help him. The bot lane is a mess. Whether it's Police or whether it's Raya, it looks like a mess. And the fact that they're fluctuating between the two tells me that Vitality has no idea what they really want. Mighty Bear is fine. He doesn't do a lot of great plays. Whenever you see him play against a guy like Yankos, you see how outclassed he is. And Nuke Duck has been incredibly disappointing. This was a series against the Unicorns of Love where they were playing Exile. Exile! A guy who has proven to be almost entirely useless in the mid lane. And Nuke Duck went 0-4-6 on Victor and played one of the worst Zillion games I've seen until we get to some of the other Zillion games we saw in North America. Cough, cough, who he, cough, cough. It's just really a shame because without that second threat, I don't know how Vitality is supposed to turn this season around. But luckily, this week, they're playing a team that also only has one threat, which is Giants, who have Knight, who happens to be the second highest in the player of the game standings, simply because he's been the player of the game in all four of Giants' wins. Walter, is, is that enough for Giants to maybe pull off an upset here against Vitality? I wouldn't consider beating Vitality an upset. I would say that they're right at the same tier. Um, I, I understand your love of Giants and that they've been playing very well uh, at times. Sonstar has had a few games the past couple of weeks where he's gone absolutely off. He had the pentakill. He had a really good quadrakill. A lot of it's coming on Ezreal, him playing very kitey, trying to be very, very safe. The problem is I just don't know how sustainable it is. We aren't seeing a typical Sonstar. We aren't seeing a lot of the positioning mistakes. And part of it has to do with the champion choices that they've had are allowing him to sort of avoid these bad situations uh, and, and maneuver himself out of them when he does make them. We have to look. They played Origin. Origin looks okay. They looked better this last week than they have, especially with their drubbing of your Rockat uh, team. But at the same time, they haven't done anything that's so that's uh, of such consequence that I feel great about them. And it's the same thing with Vitality. I don't feel great about Vitality. I don't feel great about Origin. I don't feel great about anyone in Europe at this point. So, yes, Knight and Sonstar have been playing very, very well these last, you know, three, four games. Maxlor has been slowly adjusting to the level of the LCS. Smitty J has been okay, and, and Hustlin has been meh. 
that's Europe for you guys. It's just, it's meh. It's, there's mistakes all over the place from the very top to the very bottom. And it's just that the top three teams make a few less mistakes and capitalize on more of their opponents' mistakes than like everyone else. But I don't think Vitality beating Giants or Giants beating Vitality in any way, shape, or form is some incredible upset. That's fair. I, it's for the record, people who don't read our text messages might not know that I'm higher on Giants now than I was last week because I was incredibly low on Giants on last week's podcast. But I, I, I don't know. Knight does enough in his victories. He's a very feast or famine mid laner. He's done a, a good job in their victories of being this dominant force that needs to get taken care of. But whenever a team can take a 2v2 against them and really force the rest of his team to back him up, Max Lord does not help. Max Lord does not win most 2v2 in the mid lane battles for this team. And that's been the difference maker for them. When they lose, it's because teams can synergize well and they make their plays in the mid lanes. And when they win, it's because Knight and Sunstar are left to their own devices and then they do fine in the late game. Unfortunately, I don't know if Vitality can do it anymore. I, I used to have faith in Noob Duck, but it's gone now. He's used up any amount of hope that I had that he was going to be that guy with how poorly he played last week. Because I got to be honest, if you can't do it against Exile, I don't think you can do it against Knight. I'll put it that way. So this is going to be a, you know, back against the wall game for Vitality. I think if they lose this series, if this is a 2-0 for Giants, I, I think Vitality is, can no longer be considered a playoff team. I think that's, I'm willing to go that far. I don't. I don't think Vitality should be considered a playoff team right now. I mean, they're only up, they're they're tied for sixth right now in pure points, so we can't rule them out yet. But man, oh man, they've got to prove it this week. Because if you lose to Giants, who only have one real way to beat you, that just shows me that you don't have a way to win. And I think, unfortunately, it's very much in play. But let's move on. Fnatic versus Origin. Mulch, you were saying before you didn't think Origin was playing all that amazingly this split. How can they fix this? Is it a matter of until they get an AD carry to replace Xpeke, they're just kind of stuck in this limbo? Or is there a path here that they can follow from what we saw in the Rocket game? I mean, I, I think it comes down to, yes, they need an actual AD carry, someone that gives them a little bit more... You. Someone that gives them a little bit more depth than Champion Pool from Xpeke. We've mainly seen him on Ash and Sivir playing like super, super utility focused. And granted, those are fairly easy AD carries to kind of pick up. Um, but until they have a real AD carry, they're sort of pigeonholed into this one type of strategy, which is let Soaz try and carry the games and, you know, use use our AD carry as a, as a CC or a speed bot. Power of Evil has been playing okay. Amazing has improved, as so has it's improved. And Hybrid, I think, has you know played about as well as he did last split. For Origin, it's just going to come down to can they weather the storm and maybe slide into the playoffs? And how quickly are they going to get a real 80 carry so that if they do slide into the playoffs, they have time to create some synergy? Because if they get into the playoffs, there is still a chance that they could amass enough points that they end up that second seed out of Europe and go to Worlds. 
And Soaz and Peke are an amazing, are extremely prideful people. I can't see them going to worlds and just like getting oh, you know, oh sixed in groups. Like I just don't think that they would allow that to happen. But the longer they go without getting a real AD carry, if the plan is to get an actual AD carry and not have X Peke play AD carry the entire split. The, the worse their chances are later on in the season of having the synergy what if they get to the playoffs, if they get into the gauntlet, if they get to Worlds, that sort of thing. Uh, so finding that replacement 80 carry should be like priority number one for them. It's the biggest thing that's holding them back right now. And when you talk about, oh, I think Amazing and Soaz have made steps forward, the numbers don't necessarily back that up. Both of them have astonishingly poor KDA. Soaz is sitting at a 2.6 right now, amazing at a 2.8. Neither one of them have been the damage dealers that they were last split. And that's a problem. Soaz is doing less than 20% of his team's damage. He's supposed to be the hard-carrying, split-pushing top laner, and he hasn't been that guy in a meta that is supposed to be designed around that guy. Yes, he did it against Rockat, but even that was something that mostly was done by getting advantages for the rest of his team. Once they realized that for whatever reason, Rockat wasn't going to defend Betsy, and we'll get there in a moment, but they just exploited Rockat's weaknesses more than were able to play to their own strengths. And I think that's why we saw in their second series against Giants, they just got crushed. I mean, they just looked like they were lost objectively. They didn't know how to make plays around the guys that should be playmakers. I mean, this is a meta in which you should just be putting Soaz on jacks and winning games single-handedly off of that, and they can't do it. And that needs to get fixed. And the way that they fixed it in the past is by having an AD carry that drew people's attention, that you had to respect, that you had to devote resources to, which freed Soaz or Power of Evil to be that big carry guy. And while Power of Evil, I, I think, has stepped up a little bit, I need something else in order to, to free Soaz up, to allow him to be the guy that they need Soaz to be. And that means having a bot lane that's an actual threat. And no one is threatened by x right now. Sonstar is not threatened by X Peke right now. That's where we are, people. I it it's it's a rough place to see, and I certainly don't think it's going to get any better against Fnatic. I mean, is there any chance of an upset here? Is there any hole in Fnatic that you think Origin nope. can match well with? Nope, not a chance. Because even if even if Soaz is able to take advantage of Gamsu and get Gamsu behind, like and get him tilted as Gamsu has been wont to do. I don't see Spirit and Fabivan and Reckless also getting beaten by their counterparts on Origin. It's anything is likely. Anyone can win on any given day, but it's just so unlikely. It's just so unlikely that Origin stands even the remotest chance in this series. Yeah. I have lost faith in that a while ago. I, I don't really see much of a path to victory for them. We're gonna move on. I want to take a moment here to just talk about Rockat. I hope that's okay with you, Walter, but I, I feel like I need to get this off my chest because... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Take your time. Okay, so people have listened to this podcast before. You guys know I'm Rockat. I'm a huge diehard Rockat fan. People have been making fun of me on Twitter because I always undercut Rockat when I make the gambling line guesses. 
And this week is why. Because I see this coming. I, I'm a Falcons fan in the NFL. I have known nothing but disappointment in the entirety of my sports world. And I see this team, and I knew this was coming. I knew that eventually teams were going to figure this out. And it comes down to the fact that Airwalks, I genuinely believe, has taken years off of my life just having to watch and root for him, knowing that his ability to make plays is going to define whether or not we have a chance to win the game. It, it's just painful. It just, it's not fun to root for. Because I, I spend the entire early game, most early games, just having no idea what we're doing. Romes are terrible. For whatever reason, Airwalks just leaves Betsy to die over and over again, even though we desperately need Betsy to be a carry. Steelback is doing amazing stuff in the bot lane that is entirely ignored and that we never take any sort of advantage of. And the whole way we've been getting by is by doing this late game team fighting, which only really works when the enemy team is screwing up in some level. And you can't count on that. And this week, even Origin is able to see the flaws and exploit them and punish it. And, and here's, here's the line that broke my heart. It comes down to, to game two against Schalke. Steelback went 6-1-1 one, and one on Jin. That is an incredible game. Airwalks was 1-7-2. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't know why anyone would want to play with him. I don't know why anyone would want to root for a team that has him unless you're me and insane. It just hurts. It just, it, it's not fun. It's just a terrible experience. From start to finish, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I really wouldn't. I don't know what I'm supposed to be excited about for this team anymore. I just thinks we just need a new jungler. We need to find a way. I don't care who it is. Find a jungler, any jungler. Just don't leave me in this position where I have to root for a guy who is either A, making far too many attempts at plays and is getting himself killed over and over and over again, or B, does nothing and leaves our solo laners to die over and over and over again. I just can't, I can't do it anymore, man. I'm see, I'm three weeks in. I can't do it anymore. You're more than three weeks in with airlocks. Let's be honest about that. I know that. it lasts. That's, it wasn't any better last split. <laughs> that's that's like the weird thing to me is that he has become the complete polar opposite of what he was in the spring. And Rocket as a whole has too. The words. Ex, you know, uh, superior team fight, late game team fighting team should would never have been uttered about Rocket last spring. Never, never, they never uttered that. This was a team that had the second highest early game rating behind G two by the end of the split, or maybe it was third. We're top three in early game rating, and then we're so bad in the late game that it wiped away sixty four percent win chances, according to Tim Sevenhusen at Oracle's Elixir. Like incredibly, how terrible they were in the late game and now it's like the complete opposite early game they're horrible there's no impact they're hemorrhaging objectives unless they get really like lucky team fights and airwalks is constantly getting you know caught out but then their late game team fighting is masterful you know it's not teleports it's not like parang is getting all these crazy flanks off but they're just really excelling in these team fights because how good at disrupting enemy teams betsy is and how good of a player steelback is and if they could just nail some consistency in being good in the early game or being good in the late game if they could like 
take a little piece of each and be like, all right, we're good at both now. Like, we're not amazing at one or the other, but we're kind of good at both. They could figure it out. And that falls on Airwalks. Airwalks really needs to understand what makes this team successful and what made it successful in the spring was him and Betsy being cops, being buddy cops, being Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis and whatever that terrible movie was called. I think it was called Cop Out. <laughs> it was on TV the other day. I just yeah. randomly saw it. I'm so sorry. They, they need to get back. I didn't watch it. I just like, channel <laughs> surfing. It's like, oh, here's this terrible movie. There we go. Whatever. Here, let's let's do Starsky and Hutch. Is that better? Sure. Is that a better word? But here's the thing. You said, let's be successful like last split. They weren't successful last split. They, <laughs> they were, were ninth successful place. early game. They were ninth place in the league. And here's the thing. This is worse than last split because at least last split, we'd do well at the beginning of every game. And then we'd fall apart and I'd say to myself, well, at least we have some promise. We can build on this for next split. You can learn how to play the late game. You know, the early game is almost formulaic after a certain point. If you've ever, you know, really broken down film and watched the early game, there are certain points where you're supposed to hit. There's a certain level that the jungler gets to, and at that point, that's when they make the first gank. It almost always goes to either the mid or top lane, depending on the composition. There's a, there's a formula. If you know the formula, then all you have to do is improve as a team in terms of communication, and you could be good in the late game. There was hope there. If you're screwing up the early game this badly, what it means is that you are so overwhelmingly predictable that every team can punish it. And that's the thing about Airwalks. I know exactly where he's going to be at every point in the first 15 minutes of the game. He does the exact same pathing no matter what his champion is every game. And you know what? Everyone else in Europe knows it too. I know this because they're waiting for him and they're killing him every time. It's atrocious. You cannot be so single-minded that you are that exploitable. There are too many games in a regular season nowadays. The film is there. They know what you're going to do. Mix it up. Have a backup plan. Talk to your team about what to do if the enemy does this thing instead. React to what the enemy is doing. For the love of God, different team comps play the early game differently. You can't just do the same thing every early game, regardless of who you are or who your opponent is. You can't do that, Airwalks. And you know what? Now this is why you have the most deaths in the league. 51 deaths, which is five more than Exile, who is in second. And by the way, Raze is in the top five at 39 deaths as well. It's It's atrocious. It's, it's really just, it's amazing to see just how far off the early game has fallen. And I don't know if it had anything to do with, you know, the coach changes that they had last split. They seem to do, you know, very, very well in the early game. And they fired their coach midway through because they weren't doing well at everything else. I, I don't know if they're just not getting drilled the same way that they need to. But I, I don't know, man. This is terrible. I mean, I'm going into a series against Unicorns of Love and saying to myself, I hope we don't lose which should just never happen. I, th this Unicorns of Love team is terrible, and I'm still convinced that Rockat is going to blow this series. This is where I am. I hate it. I hate, I hate feeling like this. I, I know I'm just you know, ranting at this point, and, and those of you who are listening to me are probably like, just stop rooting for Rockat if it's tearing you up this much inside, and I can't do it. I love this team. I want them to succeed. I just know they're not going to, and it hurts. It just I just wanted to share that with you. This is my therapy. I have a podcast. You guys have to listen to me. This is this is my therapy for having to endure the four games I watched last week.
Because that was fucking pathetic. I'm going to bleep myself there. That was terrible. Step, step back off the ledge. It's cool. <laughs> Calm down. Step back off the ledge. You guys are in seventh. You're tied for seventh. You yeah. like ties. You're, you're yeah. one, three, and two. We're tied with like Vitality, ties. who we both agreed are terrible. This is where yeah. we are. It, calm down. If calm I'm down. steel back, I'm already calling. I'm calling Origin right now and saying, are you sure you don't want to buy me out? Like, please. Like, anywhere else. Just don't make me play with Airwalks anymore. <laughs> I think it's more likely the Airwalks would get replaced and uh, they'd sell steel back. I think you have to keep steel back. You have to keep Betsy. That's a good young core in your, of two carries that are good players. Steelback's a top 380 carry in Europe. This is what hurts my soul. He's being wasted. It's like having Julio Jones on the Falcons for the last two years. Like, he's putting up astronomical numbers. He's like the most successful wide receiver in terms of yards per season that has ever played the game. And it's entirely irrelevant because the rest of the team sucks. That's where Steelback is right now. I, I, I love Betsy him. Betsy doesn't suck. Betsy's good. I think the rest of that team is pretty good. It's just it, it, it doesn't, falls apart with the jungle. It doesn't matter that Betsy's good because they lose the 2v2 because Airwalks doesn't even show up for it. He's not even there to turn around the 2v2 because he's 10 seconds too late because the enemy knew where he was going to be because he's in the same place every game. It doesn't matter that Betsy's good. It's irrelevant now. Because teams know as long as you attack Betsy early over and over and over again, which you can because Airwalks is never there when he's supposed to be, Betsy's not going to be able to do enough. It's so clear how teams attack Rockat, and over four games they made no adjustments. And that was the part that gets me mad. That's the part that makes me have to rant about it as long as I have, because they have to know that it's the same problem every game. And they're not even trying something new. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done ranting. I'm not going to talk about Rocket anymore. This is probably more Rocket talk than anyone listening to the podcast wanted to get this week. Let's move on. Splice versus H2K. Walter, Splice is currently in fourth place in the EU LCS right now. Are yes. you surprised by how this team has been able to turn things around? I'm a little surprised, but the the improvement that Kabe has had over the course of the, the first three weeks is very impressive uh, compared to last spring. He's very impactful. They're really playing a lot of the game through him and a lot of the game through Wonderwear. And honestly, it's it, this is the team that we expected last split. This is the level of the team that we expected when they absolutely crushed through the European Challenger Series and and you know Senkux came in full of the the hopes and dreams of the next you know he's gonna be the next generation of these amazing mid laners that Europe has he's you know taking up the mantle that was once held by the Alex Each and the Froggins of the world like absolutely and they just kind of didn't live up to expectations last split but this split they're definitely living up to those expectations and it's because of how well Kabi has improved and how much Mikey has helped him. How much this lane has done to be successful and really be the linchpin that takes the fact that Wonderware was getting so many resources in the top lane. He's improving. He's become more consistent in the top lane. Senkux is now being placed more on some carry champions and being put in situations that he can carry. And Trashy's just being that, you know, that round out jungler. What lane needs my help? What lane has a winning matchup? What lane can I, you know, impact the most? to put us in the best chance to succeed. And he's really succeeding as that as well. So I, I'm not 
totally surprised because this is what my expectations were for the team in the spring. But I'm very happy to see the improvements have been made and that Kabe in particular is really stepping up the split. Yeah, this is a team that's really found an identity over the last couple of weeks, and you can see it in their victories. It's not playing around Wonder the way they did last split. He's fallen to 22% of the team's gold, which is third on the team. It's it's Kabi. It's Kabi and it's Senkux finally making an impact and doing so repeatedly. And the other thing that people tend to forget is Trashy has been on fire this split. He's got an 81% kill participation, which puts him at second amongst junglers in Europe. Only Yankos at 81.2% has a higher kill participation. He's been all over the map. The guy just makes plays and really helps get both of his solo laners going to the extent that no one of them needs to be the solo carry anymore. We're not talking about Senkux games or Wonder games. We're talking about Splice games. We're talking about a team that has had four of their five members get a player of the game over the course of the season so far which is something that I couldn't even imagine happening last split because they were so one note in their strategy. And it's just been a, a very fun evolution to see. It seems like they've become a team rather than a collection of players, and it's something that I look forward to seeing how that continues to progress moving forward. Unfortunately, the team that they're playing this week has also made a lot of progress, and that is H2K. H2K got a split the series against G2, though their win was incredibly decisive. And they completely decimated Vitality. Walter, are you all aboard the H2K hype train? Or is there still more we need to see from them? I, they're a top two team in Europe. Uh, there, there's no getting on or off the hype train. It's still there. The change from Forgiven to Freeze was you know, probably a sideways move in my opinion. But it seems to have helped with the team chemistry. It seems to have opened up H2K to play a little bit differently than they did in the spring and not having to rely on Forgiven being like their sole carry, not just playing these fast push compositions that teams that have Forgiven have become notorious for. And uh, yeah, they're playing very, very well. The, the, the Draven, man. The fact that you have to start, you have to ban Draven against Freeze again is really scary because when you have to waste a ban on a champion that no one else plays, it opens up a lot more power picks and really puts H2K in a good position. And guys, yeah, yeah, he's a really, really good Draven. Like he's a one-trick Draven main back in the day, back on old uh, Copenhagen Wolves, rest in peace. So, I, I mean, there's no hype train to get on or off. They're really good. They're a top two team. And, uh, you know, I think anything less than a finals berth and possibly a championship is kind of a disappointment for them. And they really do need to get to the finals to sort of leap over origin in the, in the championship points. Well, I will say one of the things that I think excites me about this team is that you know, we say all these nice things about Freeze, but he actually has room to improve. Right now, he has the second lowest kill participation amongst 80 carries that have played five or more games. Only Xpeke is lower. His kills are rather low. Of people that have played 12 games, only Veritas has fewer kills. The guy has been able to help his team, but hasn't been the dominant team fighting threat that we originally thought he was going to be but he's getting there. If he can get past some of his passive 
play issues. And he does have passive play issues. Right now, despite his Draven games, he has the fewest damage permitted of all 80 carries. That's kind of insane when you think about it, given how, that Draven is basically all damage. But if he starts playing his other champions the way he plays Draven, starts stepping up and really making big plays in his own right, this team can go from very, very good and towards the top of the European standings, no matter how you break it down, to almost unstoppable. They're, they're just a couple moves away. And I can't wait to see if they're going to reach it. I think Splice is a great example of, of a series that H2K should win if they're going to be that team. We're going to move forward to Friday's games. Giants versus Schalke. We've talked about both these teams already quite a bit. Walter, what do you think is the difference maker in this series? Uh, the difference maker is actually going to come down to the mid lane. It's going to come down to whether Knight or Fox has larger impacts on team fights, which one of them gets rolling. You are a lover of Knight. And as he mentioned before, the text messages, folks, holy crap. All he talks about Giants is Knight, Knight, Knight. Man, you th he's really good. I think he's really good. He is. He is a decent mid laner. He is a solid piece that Giants can really, really build around. Uh, and it's going to come down to which force is able to exert the most pressure on the enemy team. And this could very easily be a tie. This very easily could be 1-1, you know, and they just move on into their next week. And, and we look at that. It'll be very telling, though. If Giants can take a 2-0 or make both games look very, very, very competitive, that is very telling of where maybe it is time to take Giants seriously again as a playoff contender. Let's not forget last split on the back of Pepe and a resurgent Andre, a guy who had his positioning mistakes, had all these flaws in the spring split. They were like, man, maybe they should replace him. Maybe they should replace him. He showed up in the summer. He played better than expected on the Ezreals, on a lot of these Kaidi kind of champions where if he makes a mistake, he he could get himself out of it. Maybe that's the case with Sonstar here. Maybe he's going to have a little summer resurgence and we're going to see Giants get into the playoffs as a five or six seed. There is a possibility and it really is going to kind of start this week with these easy, these semi-easy matches against Vitality and Schalke. And if they can really prove something, if they can really show some, some chutzpah and take these games off of these teams it could be a sign of things to come. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I think Giants is still one move away. I like Knight. I'm terrified by the fact that I think Sonstar has an argument to be in the top five AD carries in Europe, though I do think that says more about the AD carry competition in Europe than it does about Sonstar, who I'm not convinced by by any means. But I said this in a text right when Kikis was benched. I said... Don't you think that if he went to Giants, that would make a lot of sense? And at the time you said, no, that's stupid. This team isn't any good. Why would he do that? But now that they're in that playoff hunt right now, they currently would have the sixth seed. If you replaced a guy who is below average in Smitty J with a top three top laner in Kickus, I think Giants becomes a playoff team almost guaranteed. And there are a team that has proven just by the sheer number of challenger teams they have, the number of games they've expanded into. I don't know where it's coming from, but they've got money. They can buy out Kickus, not a problem at all. And with G2, you know, both of these are Spanish orgs. There'd be some sort of relationship there, you would think. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not, 
pulling one of those Jalen Roses where I've heard things and I'm pretending like I don't know. But I'm if it happened, you heard it here first. That's what I'm saying. But until that happens, I think Schalke is the better team. I think Fox is better than Knight. I think just the way that he's played consistently. And Gilius, for all his flaws, I think he shows up and tries to make plays more than Maxlor does at this point in his career. So I still have Schalke's favorites, but it will be very interesting to see if Giants can can do enough to make it competitive. Rocket versus Fnatic. I, I don't want to talk about Rocket anymore. What are you excited about with Fnatic? What's the one thing that you're looking forward to most as we go into the next Spirit. two-thirds? Spirit, dude. He is the last of the carry junglers, in my opinion, in the West. He is the last bearer of the Diamond Prox Mantle. And it's just fun to watch him play. It's fun to watch him control the map and take kills away from his laners and go, no, 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 I'm the captain. I'm going to carry now. Shut up. Let me do my thing. I want to see more Kha'Zix. I want to see more Assassins. I want to see this dude pull out Shaco, Rengar, Diana, Rump, any of these like weirder like carry style junglers, and I just want to see him go off. It's fun to watch him just beat up on other teams, and he just he look. It seems so effortless when he does it, even in like complicated situations where like oh it's warded, but he finds the one like little space where there's no wards, and Rexi tunnels through, and then comes behind and kills someone. Like Fnatic, I don't care what you do. Put him on more carries. Keep playing through him because it is fun to watch in kind of an otherwise meek and sort of bland European season so far. I'll say this. If you want to see Spirit go off, look no further than the Rocket series. This one's going to hurt. It's going to be rough. I, I think Fnatic is so clearly the favorite, especially because of where those strengths lie. But we're going to move on. Vitality versus G2. G2 is a team that we haven't really gone into too much on this particular episode. Last week was Expect's premiere, and as I mentioned before, I wasn't too excited about anything he did. Where do you put G2 right now on your power scale? Are they still the team to beat in Europe? I Yes, I still think they're the team to beat. I still think they're up there with H2K, and H2K did close the gap with their really kind of brutally efficient win that they had in that series. But G2 came back in Game 2 and had just as brutal a victory over H2K. So I, I have them at the top two. G2 are the champions. They're still the top-tier team, and if H2K 2-0'd them, they would have swapped until, you know, Fnatic 2-0's them. They're the top dog. They're the guys with the belt. They're the guys you have to beat if you want to win the European Championship. Expect is okay. He still really... We still need to see more of him in terms of his teleport timings, in terms of how he and Trick work, in terms of roaming around, in terms of their minion control and their side lanes. I don't think he's in the long term going to be as much as a downgrade from Kikis as we sort of initially thought when the move happened. But at the same time, this team is still sort of figuring out how they want to distribute resources to Sven because when they were playing with Emperor, the resource division was very clearly Perks and Trick are our top two guys. They're going to get the most of the gold. They're going to get most of the farm. That's it. They're going to get most of the kills because they're the ones that form that two-man kind of kill composition. Emperor just sort of picked up the scraps, was a guy thrown to side lanes with Kickus, and you get, you know, 
you're just pushing out a lane, then you're grouping back up. And Sven needs some more resources to be effective, and I still feel like G2 are trying to figure out the exact right percentage of, okay, Sven takes 25%, Perks takes 30 you know, that, that type of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how they do this, given the fact that Expect seems more of a carry-style top laner as opposed to the more tank utility style that we saw from Kickus. Well, funnily enough, uh, if you go on Oracle's Elixir and you do the stat-by-stat stat breakdown, they're basically the same player right now. Both of them managed to get 23 kills despite having played, at minimum, five fewer games than the rest of their top laners. So that's it's kind of incredible that they're basically tied for sixth despite the fact that they've played seven and five games respectively. Uh, 4.5 KDA for Expect, 4.6 for Kickus. Expect is second in kill participation amongst top laners. Kickus is third. It's literally a 0.2% difference. Now, Kickus was responsible for more of his team's deaths by percentage and uh, was behind a little bit more in CS differential at 10 minutes. But both of them were in the top three as highest death percentage for their team and the bottom three in CS differential at 10 minutes. And by the way, if you want any, you know, more accurate stat than this, 20.8% of teams gold to expect, 20.6% for Kickus. They haven't changed a thing. They're playing the exact same way with nearly the exact same stats, albeit in a different meta than the one Kickus came into. So what that means as a whole, I'm not entirely sure, but I don't think we can give them the, oh, they're experimenting and they're not sure exactly how numbers are working out because the numbers are exactly the same as they were with Kickus. And I think that's a testament to the system that G2 has built more than anything else because they could just plug in a guy who very clearly with the eye test, the teleports aren't coming in as clearly and he's, he's made a couple more deaths than we would expect. And yet somehow he's basically done the exact same thing we would expect from Kickus in this meta. So shout out to them for being able to pull that off. I think they're the clear favorites against Vitality. Let's move on really quick. H2K versus Unicorns of Love. Is there anything to look forward to in this series? <laughs> Maybe a Draven game? That's fair. Maybe the disrespect Draven game from Freeze? I Unicorns of Love don't stand a chance. None. Yeah. Zip. Nada. This is, this is not the series that they're looking for. Let's end the Splice versus Origin. I'm actually intrigued by this series, and I know people always give me a hard time because I seem to be intrigued by weird series. But this is one where I'm genuinely excited to see how this turns out. It feels like both of these teams have a lot to prove, and winning a 2-0 in this series would go a long way towards proving it. What are you most excited to watch about this particular matchup, Walter? The continued growth of Splice is probably the most important thing to me. Um, Origin, to me, Origin are a team of a bunch of old-timers that are, that are hanging on, that are trying to keep up with the youngsters, and Splice is the antithesis of the youngsters. They're all young players. This is their second split in the LCS for Trashy. It's his third since he did play with Enemy in North America. And all of Splice are still growing. And now they're facing off against these grizzled veterans, these guys that have their battle scars all the way back in Season 1. Peke beat Soez back in that Season 1 championship run when he was a top laner for Fnatic, and Soez was playing against, I think it was Alternate or against All Authority, one of those A-European names. 
And that's how long these guys have been tenured for. Amazing is back in season three. You know, Power of Evil has been around for two full years. It's it's really kind of fun to see this clash of new and old. And Origin is on the decline. All their players are on the decline. Power of Evil has not been playing well this year since he came over to Origin. Peke is now on his third professional position and is only playing a couple champions that are in a very, very strict role if you do this. Amazing has had his ups and downs over his career. And Soaz, Soaz is the lightning rod of all lightning rods. And I love him as a guy. I love his brashness and his bravado. But you can tell that his play is slowly and steadily declining. He's just not able to keep up with some of these youngsters. And especially him against Wonderwear. Where Wonderwear last split was one of the best laners in terms of gaining resources for his team. In terms of constantly being in a side lane. Constantly split pushing. Wonderware is almost the new Soaz, where that was what Soaz really did early on in his career and even coming into Origin. He was constantly in side lanes, constantly exerting pressure like that and teleporting into fights and trying to beat his mat lane matchup in farm and in terms of experience and, see and gold. That's sort of what Wonderware is doing now, and it's very interesting to see how these two players in particular are going to match up and then this battle of, you know, old timers versus the new kids on the block. So that's kind of the storyline that I think is interesting. And the fact that Origin played better last week shows that this might actually be a real series and not just kind of a, a, a stomp. Yeah, well, the thing that I find most interesting about Origin and Splice as they match up is that their early game rating, according to Oracle's Elixir, is basically the same. 44.7 for Origin, 44.4 for Splice. Neither one of these teams has an insanely good early game. But the difference is, as the game goes on, Splice gets better. They have a 5.6 MLR. Origin gets a lot worse at minus 11.4. Splice may not know how to give themselves an early lead, but they know how to play around objectives. They've developed a very good sense for team fighting now that Kabi is putting out significant damage fight after fight and now that they have multiple tools for these kinds of victories in a way that origin well when they're not playing with so as split pushing they haven't found a consistent way to win games and that's something that clearly shows when you look at you know the number of dragons they've gotten which is well below average uh the number of barons they've gotten which is also well below average They've got to figure this stuff out, and they're certainly not going to do it by sticking to the way that they've played early on this split. They've got to find a way to hide x hide the weakness there, have him on a champion that provides enough utility that he can still contribute to the team to some extent, let Soaz be a hard carry, let Power of Evil be a guy that they need to fear, let Amazing focus purely on getting those two solo laners ahead. Because if they do that, then they're going to stand a good chance against Splice. But on the other hand, if Splice continues to let Trashy be this guy who just is everywhere on the map and securing all of these drakes and really putting them in position to win these team fights, I think Splice has this one. And I'm excited to see. I think this is Splice's chance to really cement themselves as saying, yes, we are a mid-tier playoff team. We are someone that you guys are going to have to deal with from now until the end of the season. We're not fading like we did last split once teams started to figure us out. 
But that's it for us for this podcast. It is unfortunate that we weren't able to go into the gambling lines, but we are going to have another episode uh, coming out sometime, hopefully early tomorrow, so that you guys can get that and be able to follow along with our smart money bets. We love giving you guys free money, so be sure to check that out at soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts. You can also find us on iTunes if you search for rough drafts on the podcast section there. Uh, We'd love it if you guys subscribe and leave reviews. Those really help out with all of our algorithms on that end. You can also, of course, follow us on social media. Uh, I am at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Perfect. You can also find our live tweeting. If you're one of those people that really enjoys listening to experts kind of break down the games as they go on live, you should follow us at Rough Drafts Pod. Uh, and certainly you should come back to Slingshot Esports, our proud presenter and home to a ton of wonderful content, tomorrow where we'll be breaking down the North American LCS. So until then, goodbye, Internet.